Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. What are we to do when we, which is two, gather at the end of the weird road in the weird woods, in a weird county, in a weird planet? We are here at night over our cauldron, which we've filled with stuff because that's what they do. It's not like a bread bowl. And as we cast off into the sky, we use the only thing that makes sense to use. A well-oiled hovercraft ready to float. Oh, my goodness. Here it is. Here it is. An inch or two above the ground and move about. All right. Listen, we... Well, not to jump ahead, but the thing you're supposed to be talking about, a broom, is actually in this episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I can't believe you watched the whole thing, sat down to do a recap, and then said a freaking hovercraft. Well, I'm just saying, she could have been doing anything with that broom, cleaning the roof. A hovercraft makes sense, it's in the name, it's a hover, it's a craft, witchcraft, that you hover in. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. I practice hovercraft. It's oh, a very... Okay. I uh, practice warcraft. <laughs> cool. We are a couple of cool warlocks. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And you are listening to the Chilling Podcast of Sabrina. We're going to be recapping Chapter 18, The Miracles of Sabrina Spellman. We're getting towards the end of the season here. And you feel that. You feel yeah. that. Oh, man, things are picking up. They've been continually picking up for maybe the past three episodes or so. Uh, but they're really heating up and heading towards Endgame here. Uh, so let's, yep, let's heading toward event, the Avengers Endgame pro- crossover. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much for those of you who haven't made it to the last episode. But uh, they all sit down and they watch Avengers Endgame, and it's the entire movie. That's just wow. streams that's on cool. Netflix. It's wild. That's a spoiler, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge spoiler. I haven't gotten there yet myself, but I'm excited to check it out eventually. Anyway, to give you guys a recap of what's happened so far, Sabrina Spellman is a half-witch, half-mortal. She died last episode. She was shot with some arrows. She was uh, got a crown of thorns, and she was killed by a bunch of angels that were trying to destroy the Church of Night, the coven based in Greendale. Uh, but she came back to life. Her eyes turned white. She showed this incredible power, was floating by herself, fried the angels. Fire brought- hands. Firehands uh, brought two witches back to life. Melvin, of course, and the other one, not Elphaba, Esbeth, Esbeth. Yeah, I think so. Sure. I keep wanting to say Elphaba because that's the witch in uh, Wicked. So nice. there you go. Because yeah, you're a real uh, musical theater dork. 
Love it. Love the Kristen Chenoweth. Love Adina Mazel. I'm all in. Let's do this. So uh, what were we talking about? So she brought the back to life. That was pretty surprising and upsetting for the weird sisters, Prudence, Agatha, and Dorcas, who really don't like Sabrina a lot. But as we discussed in the last episode, they essentially reacted with this mixture of horror and awe. Um, yeah. Like true frenemies. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing that happens whenever I walk into the room. Girlfriend. Yes, exactly. I right? know. The glow. Mm-hmm. Plus, you got to think Dorcas, um, who, uh, as we all know, was had a thing with Melvin, must have mm-hmm. been jealous that she brought him back to life. Right, because Melvin's going to be all into Sabrina now because you know what happens when you bring somebody back to life. They're yeah, like puppy dog in. crush on oh. whoever's resurrecting you. Lame. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, – Prudence was in charge of the Church of Night for a little while because Father Blackwood had left on his honeymoon with Aunt Zelda to go to the Upside Down Church underneath the Vatican and bury the Antipope. The Antipope was uh, uh, seemingly, according to the Church of Night, killed by Ambrose, Sabrina's cousin. He swears he doesn't do it. He swears he doesn't remember doing it. But he did try to attack Father Blackwood because it seems certainly like Father Blackwood was framing him for the death he of the Antipope. He did Antipipo. cough up a rat, a, rat at, a mouse, a ratatouille style that had been driving him. Right. Now, you brought this up a couple of episodes ago. It occurred to me, I didn't call you out for the fact that the the rat in Ratatouille is not riding inside of his stomach. It's riding on his head. Totally different. That's just a different... Well, you know, you you can drive a car from the passenger seat. Hmm. Wait, hold on. Uh, how have you been driving a car? <laughs> this actually explains the whole uh, hoverboard thing or reach, whatever. <laughs> hovercraft? Yeah. Uh, you, you just reach across. I'm just saying it's like uh, in the Star Trek, you can drive the ship from a bunch of different places. Sure. Or I guess if it was like a ratatouille, but he was tasting the food instead of making the food, Honestly, want it that makes rat more your sense. stomach. Why yeah. do you want the rat on the head? Uh, I don't know. Nobody gets driven by their hair. That's exact. Well, except for horses. Mm. Uh, no, you don't grab their hair usually, right? Well, you have a rain. Was, but in a pre-rain time, I think they mm-hmm. were just hair. Oh, before steering. rain times? Yeah, before the rains. <laughs> the great rains. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay, so anyway, Ratatouille is garbage. The- That's an important thing to talk about. What would you say? Ratatouille, it's garbage. Yeah, garbage no, movie. That, is, that movie has a lot of logic flaws. <laughs> we were poking holes in any heartfelt uh, Pixar movie. Also, I Toy don't... Story, can I just mention, toys can't talk. Interesting point. Uh, I mean, you should rewatch the first one. I think there's a lot of lessons there for you about flying. Hmm. Uh, and Alex, I do have a question about the upside down church underneath the Vatican. Do you think it's actually upside down and they walk <laughs> on, um, they walk upside down, defying gravity, or is it upside down and they walk in it standing on the ceilings and the floors become the ceilings? Uh, that's a great question. I, I mean, I'm not. That's a real question because they talk about oh, yeah. that, and I've imagined it. And, okay, maybe on the count of three, we should say which one we think. Wait, what uh, were the choices again? The, it was... the choices are um, upside down, flipped gravity, or just uh-huh. upside down. Okay. So if, if you think it's just upside down, say upside down. If you think it's flipped gravity, say flipped gravity. Okay. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Flip, flip gravity. gravity. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's what's going on with him. Also, Aunt Hilda is dating an incubus uh, who works out of Dr. Cerebus's bookstore, Dr. Cerebus himself. Uh, Aunt Hilda has been making some big moves the past couple of episodes, really standing up for her clan. She tried to help free Ambrose, except Ambrose actually got attacked during these witch hunters who turned out to be angels attacking the school, got horribly stabbed while trying to warn everybody and was left in the center of the church of night lying there uh, next to the destroyed statue of Baphomet uh, in the center. Also that was destroyed by the witch hunters. Now other characters, there's the human characters. There's Harvey who is Sabrina's ex-boyfriend. He's currently dating Roz. Roz is blind. She lost her sight and in exchange got a thing called the cunning, which is a second sight. She used that to save Sabrina's life last episode. 
by letting her know about the witch hunters in Greendale. There's also Theo. Uh, Theo has a ghost relative who cheers him on sometimes. Uh, I don't think that really shows up this episode, does it? No. No. Uh, there's also a mine. Harvey works in a mine. We kind of forgot about that and never really gotten back to that in a couple he of episodes. He very casually works in the mine. Yeah. It seems like it's sort of a come when you want to. Yeah. Which well, most, mines, the- most mines don't work that way. Well, if you watch uh, the Snow White movie, they do sometimes go there, but they're not always there. Oh, uh, the fair. dwarfs. The dwarfs, yes. Uh, and they're very tuneful. Yeah. Uh, Harvey doesn't sing this episode, but he does head back to the mines. Uh, his dad also works at the mines. That's important to mention. And his brother used to work at the mines until he died. Uh, mostly, yes. not exactly Sabrina's fault, but there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on down in the mines uh, as we find out more about this episode. Two other characters you probably need to know about. Miss Wardwell, a.k.a. Madam Satan. Uh, she... Uh, ate her boyfriend last episode. She was tricked by the Dark Lord into eating her boyfriend, Adam. Uh, She was pretty mad about that and swore vengeance on the Dark Lord. Uh, Also, there's Nick Scratch. Nick Scratch is the boyfriend of Sabrina. the baddest boy for last. And he is being so bad this episode. So bad. I can believe how bad he was when he calmly tried to tech to, to talk to Sabrina about her emotional status and her like deeper emotional philosophies uh, vis-a-vis um, the current goings on in her life was so bad. Uh, did you see there was there was a lot that was messed up in this episode, but I think hands down the most fucked up scene was when they were kissing on the bed and he t- took a step back and said, is this OK? Yeah, I was like, God. yo, this bro, guy, this bro. guy's a hellion. Oh, my God. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. All right. Let's get into the episode. Let's talk about it. Justin, you want to walk us through this one? Let's do it. The action picks up immediately coming out of the last episode. It's a perfect binge move to get right into this one. Um, They are uh, everyone's in Hilda and uh, Nick and everybody's in a moment of crisis. They're trying to fix Sabrina. They're trying to fix Ambrose. They don't know what to do. Like Ambrose has it worse. And then what are we going to do? Sabrina just sits up, fixes him like everything's totally normal. Sabrina has a massive power up. So let's talk about Sabrina's power up in this episode, because I think I was a little unclear what Sabrina knows at this point. You know, there's throughout the episode, she talks about, I don't need spells anymore. There's no price. I can do whatever I want. She figures out how to do various things, which I'm sure we'll touch on as we're going on. But do you think she is, how how does she know this? How is she aware of all of this at this point? I think she just like a, a switch flipped and she, which is very Sabrina of her, doesn't think to question it. And uh, it's like, oh, this is just how it is now. No questions asked. Nothing to worry about. And I mean, Harvey goes out of his way to really explain it in the most helpful way possible by bringing up Dark Phoenix. (laughs) Uh, Give sort of a quick recap of the Dark Phoenix saga. And Sabrina truly is like, "Okay, man, um, (laughs) why don't you get out of here? Yeah, I, I, I do feel like I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of the whole like, whoa, stop nerd splating that to me thing, particularly because like they hang out in a comic book shop all day. They're constantly going to see zombie movies and scary movies. So that's not outside of the realm for him to be talking about a comic book. Uh, also, Dark Phoenix really having a moment with the movie coming up. It was a nice tie in. It was Huge a good segue. <laughs> Yeah. Very, very sweet of Warner Brothers to plug a Fox Disney property, I thought. Honestly, that scene might be better than the entire Dark Phoenix movie. <laughs> oh, man, that right. poor movie. Yeah. Oh, God. That Not to get you some, that Listen poor movie. to you. I don't know. I feel bad for them. Like, I just... Uh, it's a malnourished movie. movie. It, it is. I feel bad for Sophie Turner. In well, particular, nice. I uh, think she's she'll got do Thrones. Up. She's got Thrones coming uh, in like a week. She's going to be cool. Yeah, she'll be cool. She's got that Jonas marriage. I don't know which Jonas she's getting married to, but one of them and those boys can sing. Yeah, uh, I know. Singing is coming up a lot. They're like the seven dwarves of uh, our modern <laughs> culture in yes. a lot of ways. In the well, fact that they are interchangeable and you know their names maybe, but you can't pick which one is which. Sure. There's uh, Sneezy Jonas, uh, <laughs> yeah. Grumpy Jonas, and there's, Doc Jonas. I don't think there's a Doc Jonas. <laughs> I don't think they made it all the way through medical school. And let me also say, of the seven dwarves, 
is he really a doctor? Or is it like Doc, the guy at the bar who like drinks the most? Hmm, might be. Or like he's a sea, a fisherman that he goes to the docks. Maybe it's uh, like short for that. Yeah. Wow. Any of those things. Guys, write us in and let us know uh, whether Doc has a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Anyway, uh, so Sabrina uh, heals Ambrose instantly. Everybody's a little creeped out about it. Or more specifically, Hilda very creeped out about it. Everybody else in awe of Sabrina. Um, and well, and I thought this was very, that was very telling because like Hilda's like sort of like, wait, this isn't how it works. And she's very logistically just trying to figure out sort of the witch math of it. Meanwhile, uh, everyone else is like, cool, this is the way it is now. Okay, I can get behind this. And I think that was all the other witches are following this Sabrina way of dealing with something by just being like, okay. When Hilda really is becoming the center of the show, I feel like the last yeah, this she episode, is, last two episodes, absolutely, she is clearly the most intelligent person in any situation. She is thinking two or three steps ahead of everybody else, and like that speech she had a couple of episodes back over the almond cookies, she is not the meek mouse that everybody thinks she is. She yeah. is. Very gently and very calmly trying to get people to do what she needs them to do. Again, also like she did with the chicken bones with the weird sisters, where she just casually suggested, oh, why don't you eat an entire chicken and dump the bones at Ambrose without actually saying it so he can make the skeleton key. She's manipulating things in a big way, but for the better. She's one of the only purely good characters on this show right now at the same time. Yeah. Um well, and you could maybe make a case that Harvey is also uh, purely good, right? I don't know. He does some dumb stuff this episode. You can be good and dumb. Sure, that's true. I mean, but he is like, huh, there's a weird lady li- whispering to me in a cave. Why don't I free her? <laughs> hey, it works out. It kind of, except things get more horrible by the end of the episode, so there's that well, as well. Before we get there, let's. there's a nice exchange here where um, Sabrina says to Harvey, you're always there to catch me. And Nick shows up like a minute later and is like, hey, um, I feel like I'm losing the uh, being there to catch you fight with Harvey. Is there um, – am I here to catch you too? And Sabrina makes the very sensible choice of being like, fuck yes, you are. Scratchman is strong. Yeah. Well, I think it is strong. I mean, certainly – there's a lot more going on between uh, kinky spells this episode. You know, we get a little bit of a sense of that. But Scratchman yeah. Scratchman is very solid throughout, and I'm surprised how solid it has been for so long at this point. It's solid, and it's also reinforced. And honestly, I know, like, everyone's saying, like, obviously Harvey and Sabrina sort of are the uh, uh, hashtag Avengers endgame um, of all of this, but... I think that they should keep the Scratchman going for a while because it's good. I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, there was somebody I saw pointing out on Tumblr, actually, that they've never really seen such a even, even sides of a live triangle. It always feels like one side sucks and the other side is great. But yeah. I like Harvey and Sabrina, but I'm also very happy with Nick and Sabrina. I think they're enjoyable to watch together. Yes, it's lovely. And it's so bad that it's good and innocent. So uh, one of the next things that happens after we have a brief conversation about Sabrina's new powers, we should probably actually mention that first, right? The breakfast conversation? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's it's the Spellman family meeting, and it's odd because Zelda's not there. It's just Hilda, Ambrose, and Sabrina. And they're just very calmly. They want to have an indoor picnic, and uh, Sabrina legit controls the weather, turns it from (laughs) rainy to sunny. Um, in sort of an odd way. Yeah, I loved that back and forth there where Hilda just very nervously says, so she controls the weather now. And Ambrose just does this little look back at her that says, oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> yes. And they don't know what to do with it. Like they're, yeah. again, to your point, Ambrose is kind of rolling with it a lot more than Aunt Hilda. But it is alarming to think, okay, Sabrina can control the weather. She can bring back the dead. What does this mean? What could this possibly yeah. mean? But they have so much going on that they just, they're like, oh, yeah, we have to deal with your execution. Everyone's very chill about a lot of these high-stakes situations. Yes. 
Uh, let's actually do a quick uh, Wardwell corner since she was out by herself again this episode, um, dealing with her feelings. Um, she uh, she's brooding after uh, losing her boyfriend Adam to the Dark Lord, really just trying to figure out how she's going to get revenge. So just like she stays away from school, um, just like anybody, she decides to take her uh, rib out. Uh, lure a guy back to her place, take out a rib, and build a sort of scarecrow monster. Right. Now, I, I didn't quite understand how this worked, right? Because she lures the guy back, and I thought, okay, she's going to turn that guy into her monster yes. or take out his rib. But no, he was just kind of there to die next to the monster. Yeah, we didn't. it wasn't clear why that guy had to die, or maybe that was just like, oh, she was finishing up this hobby of hers, killing people, before she had to do a real thing of making this monster. I mean, it could also be, getting back to what Hilda is talking about the entire episode, that there's always a cost. So Miss Wardwell is causing a life for a life, killing one person so that she can give life to this monster. That's but 100% would, what it is. Yeah, uh, but then you'd think that she'd also take out his rib rather than her own. But I don't well, know. I think you they were, they were trying do. to make a nice uh, Bible ref uh, flipped on its head. Um, by she, And she names the monster Adam after her lost love. Right. And the real name of the Frankenstein monster. So that's another little Easter egg as well. Yeah, that's true. And this is uh, called the Wardwell monster, Wardwell's monster. Yes. Uh, and, Wardwell is actually the doctor, not the monster. And Doc right. is the doctor, not the monster. Yes, that's exactly right. Doc is the doc, not the monster. It's a <laughs> thing I say all, all the time. <laughs> I'm always tweeting that to people, particularly uh, on Christmas when I want to convince them Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, God. Even just hearing you say that. <laughs> I know you're making a joke, but just the idea that people are still thinking that yeah. is annoying. It's early, but I think I usually like to tweet it at least once a month to kind of keep it at everybody's back of everybody's mind. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you should tweet the um, date again for the next year or something, too. <laughs> Would you mind? Oh, yeah, that was that was really fun. It didn't stress me out at all when I did that for an entire year. Uh, great. Little sidebar. If Dig into Alex's uh, Twitter feed from like a year ago. Yeah, man. Uh, Check it out. It's pretty sweet. It's <laughs> a lot of darkness post-election. Uh, yeah. Uh, so jumping back into it, um, we uh, Sabrina sort of treads a line between her witch friends or human friends this episode much more than than we've seen this part uh, in part two, which plays in the theme of this episode, which is Sabrina finally bringing her father's um, philosophies to bear and combining the worlds of the witch and the human. Right. So we get to see her, first of all, at school with Roz. Roz has found out what went on with the resurrection and the spells and asks Sabrina to give her her sight back. So Sabrina takes her into the bathroom, has her splash in water, and she does get her sight back. I was surprised this worked. The way this played out and the, how long it took to build up to I understand in retrospect, it was so that we could emotionally deal with the impact of Roz getting her sight back. But at the time, while I was playing it out, it really felt like it would go another way. Like this would be the one thing that would not work for whatever reason. Well, and I also thought in the way the scene I thought was played really well, because it seemed like Sabrina didn't know if it was going to work. She'd just done all these other miracles, but this one seemed to her that it was even a little out of reach. And then it does work. And Theo and uh, Harvey seem like Sabrina's just sort of a tool, a means to an end, and they, like, sort of celebrate almost without her, which I thought was sort of fucked up. Yeah. Well, they've gone through a lot with her, and they haven't been totally accepting of her witchy ways, so I think they still have a ways to go there. As they talked about the last episode, she just hasn't been there. There's... What I think is not immediately apparent, except when they hit the holidays on the show, is how much time has passed between and sometimes during episodes that this entire season has been about a year, right? Right. So the first part of the season was very clumped around the October, uh, November. That's the month after October. It took me a second there. Yeah, that's Uh, right. yeah. Calendars are always changing. It's hard to keep track of what, what month goes where. Yeah, what, when, is, when is now, you know? Oh, fuck yes. I don't know. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, but the, that was kind of clumped around there. And then we jump forward with the Winter Solstice special. Then we have the Valentine's Day thing. Uh, but I think over the course of this, there has been weeks, there have been months uh, that they have been without Sabrina. She just kind of shows up whenever she wants. So I, I get it in that scene. I get that at this point, Harvey, Theo, and Roz are much closer than they were with Sabrina. She is getting back in with them, and certainly giving one of their sight back is going to help a lot, but she's yeah. not quite part of the gang right now. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the episode, she is, but they're dealing with so much that I feel like now everyone just has to come together no matter what yeah. issues are going on. Absolutely. Uh, Blackwood and Zelda return. They cut their honeymoon short from Italy. They probably just didn't get enough gelato, evil gelato, that is. Sure, uh, gelato upside is down. Sort of like, uh, upside down. Uh, gelato is sort of like evil ice cream, though, in a lot of ways. Because of the fat content? Yeah. It's like yeah. more in, like decadent, indulgent, like really hell is. cream. Oh, it's so good, though. Yeah, but it's a temptation, Alex. Mm. All right. I'm going I'm to give up carbs for this podcast Cool. That, oh, wow. That's amazing because you're holding so many Snickers bars. Right. I have, uh, I've, I'm actually, for those of you listening at home, I'm sitting on a pile of M&Ms right now. Like, like some sort of dragon curled so around them. Sitting nude on a pile of M&Ms <laughs> like some pervert king of candy. <laughs> M&Ms was honestly a bad choice because it's getting in every crack. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, they melt and they are melting. Yeah, with that image your mouth planted. and other places. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> Listen to that. Hey, M&M's, you just got yourself a new catchphrase. <laughs> with that image firmly placed in your uh, mind's eye, let's move on and talk about uh, uh, Blackwood and Zelda returning. Um, Zelda, full Stepford wife. Um, something's up yeah, here. Yeah, that was, that was upsetting to see. I mean, you know that something is immediately wrong, and the way Miranda Otto plays it is... So much fun just playing yeah. a Stepford wife. She's great at it. But seeing Zelda, who is this caustic, always dressed in black, just dark, mean, snarky person being reduced to this sunny 50s housewife, very upsetting. Yeah. Uh, but in the right way, but in a fun way. Yeah, in a, in a way where we were like, uh, this better not go on too long. And... uh Fortunately, it doesn't go for on for too long. I mean, uh, Blackwood has crowned himself the anti-pope, and we have this scene where Sabrina is in his face, devil may care, not thinking at all that what's going on and what the consequences are of her legit threatening Blackwood. And we should also mention that the uh, council is there the entire time, yeah. including, I guess, the new leader of the council, or at least the more public leader of the council, who is the cigarette-smoking man from the X-Files, Very which was... Cool. Awesome. The guest casting on this second part has been so much fun. Very good. Just so um, many like deep cut horror people and sci-fi people and fantasy people has been delightful. He went from smoking to wearing a metal doily around his neck, and I'll tell you, it's an improvement. Yeah. How that can't be comfortable. Like no. what what is the use of that? It feels like you're constantly bumping your chin into that thing. That's gonna hurt a lot. You're definitely yeah. gonna scrape it up a bunch. Plus, in the, those drafty witch rooms, it's got to be cold. Yeah. Hey, Hold on your little neck. Where, where's your scarf? Do scarves not exist in the witch world? Exactly. You, you gotta, idiots. Plus, scarf's going to get all tangled up in that. And those guys, those council guys are old. They're going to catch pneumonia. Yeah. Uh, I'm very worried about them. But, but I think that's how Sabrina is going to beat them next episode is by uh, taking them outside for a nice log walk of the cold. And then they die. Yeah, exactly. Right. Old age is what, is what gets you. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that set up sets up the Blackwood Sabrina uh, fight that's gonna I feel like ride out the rest of the, of the show this season. Uh, By and the way, I, just not to interrupt you, I love the bit that's set up in this scene that runs through the entire episode. That's very The Office with the assistant to the assistant regional manager. Uh, mm. where he is constantly saying, I'm the anti-pope, and somebody always comes in and says, acting anti-pope. Yeah. Every yeah. single time. Just Intro. great. And it's it's nice to see the way Richard Coyle plays that, just his seething anger that is running below yeah. the surface. Great. 
Yeah. Um, but they, uh, Blackwood's straight up calling for Sabrina's execution, like a second later. I thought that was a, a good way to play it, um, as opposed to him being coy about it. He's like straight to the council, like, this girl's got to go. Yeah. Uh, so we know exactly what's happening. Sabrina is sort of setting herself up as uh, as this messiah figure. She's trying to convince other people, Melvin included, who totally jumps on board, that she is this new uh, voice that must be followed. And honestly, it was a little, the zealotry was a little intense. I was very surprised at Melvin, who so far has been a very strong character with a well-defined personality. To see him just jumping on board like that, I don't know. I, I didn't buy it. It didn't seem yeah. consistent with what we know about Melvin so far. Yeah, exactly. So far we know Melvin, uh, Virgin. Um, that's it, I guess. That's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, so it's hard to see him really being so yeah. reckless. Yes, I completely agree. Uh, but yeah, everybody is super into it. The weird sisters immediately slip back into their old mode and are coming in ready to torture Sabrina. And then she makes the school turn into American Beauty and rain rose petals everywhere. And uh, they're thrown once again. Um, I, I really, I know we've dwelled on this a little bit, but I really like how they in particular are playing these scenes as well. Just their reactions to everything that's going on with Sabrina are so mixed all the time. They're playing so yeah. many different levels with that. Yeah, and honestly, it helps to make them, like by the end of this episode, I don't know where Prudence's uh, allegiances lie. Right. I I would say what I get from Prudence all along is there is a kernel of good in her. There is something that wants to do the right thing, but that's not how she was raised. That's not how she was taught. And ultimately, these things that serve her self-interest keep getting in the way, like specifically Father Blackwood and specifically wanting yeah. the approval of her father. That to her is more important than anything that is going on with Sabrina. Yeah, there's this great scene later where uh, she greets Ambrose in his cell before he's headed for his execution. And they have this great conversation where uh, they just sort of like feels like a little sidebar in the middle of a war. And it's like, hey, you've lived with honor. You'll die with honor if it goes that way. And it was just a really great scene. Yeah, it's good stuff. Hey, hey that's good stuff. Um, so the, the sort of mid, mid episode task is, uh, the, the group, the gang has 24 hours to produce Leviathan, the mouse that was, uh, ratatouing, um, Ambrose. And, uh, so it's a, a mad dash to Dorian Gray's where they find the rat, the, in the mouse in the bottom of the trash and Sabrina instantly brings it back to life. Um, and the mouse is like, yeah, I know what's up. Yep. Uh, Dorian spills on Sabrina and Nick to Blackwood. So Blackwood yeah. sends Zelda to kill the mouse. What was the deal with that? Dorian. I trusted that painting guy. Right? I don't know. Uh, that was that was a little bit of a turn. Like, I get they have the explanation in the show that he has allegiance to nobody. But it kind of felt like, yeah, maybe a little bit more allegiance to, say, Ambrose and Nick or something like that than Father yeah. Blackwood. But I, I don't know. I didn't know what he was getting out of that necessarily, you know? Yeah, well, you know, bartender, he's just, like, mixing it up, mm -hmm. stirring the pot. Yeah, if people are sad, that's good for a bartender, right? You sell more drinks. That's that's true, though I don't think that's a problem since everyone drinks there 24 hours a day. <laughs> These children <laughs> drink there um, whenever they want. Yeah. Um, so they bring back with Leviathan. Leviathan is uh, brought back to the Spellman house. Uh Sabrina describes to Aunt Hilda that she brought the mouse back to life. Hilda, again, kind of alarmed and a little upset about this. Um, but while they're discussing exactly what went on, Zelda comes in and proceeds to pick up the mouse and put it in a meat grinder and put it through the meat grinder in one of the more horrifying scenes that's ever been on this show. She just painstakingly ground that mouse into just a very fine paste. Oh, we also didn't chat about, uh, I mean, this isn't the most important scene, but the scene earlier when Hilda grabs Zelda, says, can I talk to my sister for a second? And that's yeah. when we realize how bad the Stepford wiving of her actually is. And that's also where Hilda first figures out what's wrong with her and what's uh, causing her to do this when Zelda apparently is basically on a loop 
Uh, she keeps putting sugar into Aunt Tilda's tea. She keeps repeating the same things, talking in a very floofy voice. Uh, and so later on, after they discover the ground-up mouse, they rush in, they realize that things are wrong with Zelda, and they decide, okay, we need to save her from this. We need to get this music box. How are we possibly going to get this out of Father Blackwoods? And Sabrina just blinks it over there. And again, Hilda has a wonderful reaction of just, oh, okay, you just transported something through time and space. That's no problem. I'm fine yeah. with this. Let's totally go on. Cool. Great. Totally cool. That's great. Yeah. great. All good. Yeah. All good. Uh, uh, yeah. And they smash it and they free Zelda, which is great. Yeah. Uh, they quickly plot. Zelda has to go back undercover, and uh, they're like, wait, Sabrina, you can't show your powers, or you will be next. Um, you will be executed. So they have to come up with a different plan, which we don't get to hear about until we're in execution day. Yeah. Uh, so Ambrose gets taken forward. He's screaming. He's crying. He gets put in a guillotine. Dude comes up. There's no evidence, so he gets sentenced to death. They drop down the blade, and the executioner's head falls off, and we see that Anne Hilda has used a, I don't know if they're calling him voodoo dolls, but essentially voodoo doll, and uh, cut off the head of the doll, which made the guy's head fall off. Now, they here's don't the thing. S- yes, go ahead. Who did that executioner? He's just doing his job. Yeah. Why has he got to go down? I don't know. He's an evil executioner. No, I, he's just a workaday executioner. He finishes his job at the Witch Academy and goes home to his family, probably on like uh, in a blue collar neighborhood, in an execution sure. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just I don't think that was a cool move. Uh, yeah, I guess he could have lived, but I'm sure he maybe he did some bad things as well. You know, like maybe uh, he snuck into a couple of movies or something like that. Yes, uh, the true crime that must be punished. <laughs> Listen, Hollywood needs your money. That's all I'm saying. Check out Avengers Endgame coming to theaters April 25th. <laughs> wow, nice. A lot of extra plugs in here. Um, finally, someone's promoting that movie. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Ambrose gets saved initially, and then they look over. They don't see that Sabrina's done anything. And they say, okay, fine. Uh, let's get uh, this random guy up there. And the random guy, by the way, I believe I might have the wrong guy, but I believe he was previously one of the ghoulies in the ghoulie gag over on Riverdale. Um, They've had a bunch of crossover actors this season who aren't actually crossovers. They're different characters. They're playing different characters. But, you know, there's like 10 people who live in Vancouver. So you do what you got to do. Exactly. It's all good. Uh, So this guy, they go over there like you, uh, cut off Ambrose's head. And he immediately was like, I do not want to do that. So (laughs) Sabrina calls out Father Blackwood is like, why don't you do it if you're so cool? And I really wanted them to enter like a five minute thing. They're like, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Just back and forth for five minutes or so. But they didn't go that route. I bet they shot it and it didn't make the cut. Oh, okay. Uh, Deleted scenes for the... VHS yeah. release? Is that how it works? Yeah, definitely. This will be, uh, and it's going to be a single where you can just <laughs> listen along. Ah, oh, sweet. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. I'm going to throw um, that on my car radio. Uh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> car. What's that? Uh, so, uh, so, and then it's like they go back and forth, and then the Dark Lord himself enters, uh, which, did Sabrina do that? That was a yes. fake Dark Lord? Yeah. Like, I like the way they sort of, it was sort of subtle. It was a little subtle, I thought, the way they did that. Yeah, um, she did way. a little bit of the old uh, Betty fingernails in hand thing to conceal it. Uh, and she had to do it that way, right? Like, she yeah. couldn't have done anything that they visibly saw. I have a suspicion, just to play in the, on the way they s- staged it, that Father Blackwood saw or suspected that he saw that Sabrina was doing it, but couldn't call her out on it necessarily because there was no proof. Yeah. Well, and he is he gets stripped of his powers. He has a lot of um, reasons to hate Sabrina even Mm -hmm. more. Yes. This is not to keep dropping Riverdale references so soon after each other, but this is definitely striking me like the Hiram Archie relationship from most of the first half of this season of Riverdale, where it's just this adult that's like, I swear to God, I'm going to kill this fucking teenager. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I mean, he's not. 
he's not going to be able to do that. I think ultimately they're going to try up over Flyler Blackwood, if anything. But it's definitely amping up considerably as we're entering the last couple of episodes here. Yeah, it's great. It's a great, great confrontation. But so then the, the, the episode switches gears again. And uh, it's all about uh, Sabrina chasing her destiny of combining the human and witch world. Nick totally down. He's like, I like a true bad boy. He would follow um, his partner anywhere. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I mean, he's a full witch, but he's like, yeah, whatever you want to do is great. I support you. Uh, they decide to throw a party at Sabrina's house. Roz is all in. She's going to get her whole church group. Uh, as we know from previous episodes, her church group loves to fuck at camp. So they're all in on a party situation. Yeah, uh, that was a very <laughs> strong specific to use. They yeah. Do. Well, it's true. Hey, it's yeah. in the show. It wasn't for me. Uh, and so they have a party. Uh, I should also mention uh, that Hilda and Ambrose are sitting down with Sabrina and having dinner right before the party starts. And it looks like maybe they're having big bowls of marinara sauce. Did yeah. you notice that? Com- very common witch meal because it right. looks like blood. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was definitely like there was some sort of maybe it was a tomato soup, but it definitely looked like marinara sauce to me. And they had two uh, slices of bread next to each, each other. So they were like very close to making some sort of pizza, but they needed to get some cheese. Witches can't eat pizza. They're having sauce sandwiches. Oh, are witches lactose intolerant? Has that been established on the show? Uh, no, but that I like to I hope that's their one weakness for when I'm eventually attacked by a coven. <laughs> Yeah, listen, guys, if you ever see a witch, throw them some cheese. They can't resist it. It'll just wreck their stomachs. Yeah, I have a melted cheese hose ready to hose down anybody that comes in my door. Uninvited. Yeah, Uh, they already got those rats down there in their stomachs, and the rats will be like, ugh, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they throw a party to girls just want to have fun. Super enjoyable. Everybody's having a good time. Tap of that keg. Uh, lots of underage drinking going on, and Hilda seems to be all in on that, uh, or at least not objecting to that. Uh, but very sweet, very nice party scenes. Nick and Sabrina have a cute conversation. Um, yeah. They're taking every- the plunge together like, exactly. bad, like a bad boy would. And what Sabrina wants to do is she wants to do a miracle for the assembled witches and humans to prove that witches exist and uh, reveal witch society. Now, let me ask you. Let's say, sake of argument, witches exist. We're both mm. humans, Justin. Would Jack, you want to know? Maybe. Would I want to know if witches were real? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right? I would definitely. I want to see real witches doing stuff. Yeah. Especially uh, at, a, at a party. That's such a fun party trick. I don't think there's any downside other than the whole, wait, you guys eat people once a year? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, well... Uh, a lot of their holidays we've seen are a little like fucked up for humans to know about, like the uh, hunt in the woods, the sex sure. hunt. Sure, uh, I think it's pretty crazy. Um, the uh, the other ones where they eat, I think a lot of holidays are built around eating people in the witch world. Yes, so that might be a little bit of a problem, but I agree with you. If there are witches out there, I would definitely want to know. I think that would be cool, and if they want to do some magic tricks around me, I'm all in. Let's make this happen. So while this is going on, Theo and Harvey, of course, are like, you guys are having a party? That sounds cool. We're going to go into a mine at night. Yeah, and which is truly the scariest thing you could ever, almost ever do. <laughs> I could not believe that. That was the thing that I was talking about earlier, just like that Harvey has gotten to this level of intelligence and that this episode, he was like, here's the best time to do this at just the two of us and we're not going to tell anybody. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. But they discover there's this abandoned mine shaft because earlier when he was in it with his dad, he heard this woman whispering behind a wall. He wants to rescue her. She's in shaft 13, which isn't on any map for good reason. Yeah. Uh, they go in there. They pop open the boards. Theo says, hey, have you ever seen a movie called The Descent? And Harvey says, no, why? And Theo's like, oh, because we're about to literally be in The Descent. This is exactly what happens <laughs> in The yeah. Descent. Uh, and they get attacked by a completely pale woman who's lived in the dark and tries to kill Harvey. Uh, but they do they kill her or do they knock her out? I no, think they, they kill, kill her with a pickaxe. Oh, right. Okay, Theo so th- pickaxes. Th- 
yeah, Theo kills her with a pickaxe, uh, and then they discover something. They get to the party just as Sabrina is about to show off her broom flying skills. Uh, and Harvey says something pretty interesting when he runs up. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to do a miracle. No, hold on, Harvey. Wait a second. And he says, please, if you've ever loved me, come down. <sighs> Dropping L-bombs, Harv. Not the right time. Not yeah. the right place. Roz completely thrown by it. Sabrina also immediately comes down. Like what I like about the show is, and we've mentioned this, I guess a couple of times this episode in particular, but for it being a show about witches and demons and insane things happening all the time, people grinding up mice, they also give time for relatively subtle reactions from the actors Yeah, and that they didn't have, I don't think they had either Nick or Roz actually say anything about that moment in the episode, but you could clearly see from the reactions of the background that they were very thrown by that moment. They were very yeah. thrown by what Sabrina did, and they were very thrown by what Harvey did. Yeah. And that's great. I like that. Me too, and I think this this uh, part two especially, they've really let the actors have more of that. And I think the actors have really grown into their own uh, over the course of this part, and it's it's great. Yeah. So they take uh, Sabrina uh, down to the mine. Well, hold on. I feel like that moment where it was like, you got to come see this music crescendo. It felt like a perfect cliffhanger for the end of the episode. Yeah. And they're like, nope, we're doing it right now. (laughs) There were so many endings. There's so many endings to every episode of the show. Like this is one Netflix show that uses the hour-long length or whatever, however long they want to make an episode, to actually good effect. Like, almost every episode feels like, okay, there's a 45-minute episode of television in there, and then there's another 15 minutes. But unlike other Netflix shows where it just slows down or gets stretched out, it always feels like, okay, there's the 45-minute episode of television, and then here's an additional 15-minute episode of television that happens at the back part of it. And that's exactly what happens here with the party and everything after. It's like four post-credit sequences in a row. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, deal with that for this next episode. <laughs> Man, that's what's going to happen in Avengers Endgame, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Avengers Endgame, uh, this is a spoiler, the credits roll first. And then Ooh. it's all just scenes in between the credits. Oh, man. Well, that's because most of the characters are dead, right? They're not coming back. Yeah, exactly. I as saw that last tonight. movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they go down to the mine and they see a big picture there of Sabrina. It's a mosaic on the wall. And she immediately is like, oh, I'm an emissary of hell. I'm evil. I've always been evil. Fuck. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I got to say, based on, it was like a little tile, a little like, uh, uh, what's that called? Where you glue little pieces onto a wall. Mosaic. Like, mosaic, yeah. Little mosaic in the corner. I was like, that's eh, a lot to read. I'm the herald of hell from that. Yes, I agree. Uh, I mean, maybe there's some witch symbols there or something that we didn't understand, but it was definitely, if I saw that, my reaction would be, why is my head there? And that would be pretty much it. Yeah, I did like, someone was like, what is that? And it was a Nick Scratch who was like, it's a prophecy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you get it? I was like, no, I don't know. This is a very weird occurrence. It looks like somebody took a lot of tiles and made a very pretty thing in a cave. Also, what's with the white? Dead lady. Yeah, is she like a terrazzo artist who's been working here, <laughs> selling her art in Sedona uh, during the winter? Yeah, that's the thing. You can't just randomly run around pickaxing mosaic artists whenever yeah, you want. Exactly. I know, just because you opened random. up their cave. Yeah, she was living in that cave. Right. I don't know. You know, it's not a great. Uh, it's one of those like timeshares where you're like, oh shit, it's actually a horrible location. Well, but, I think what we'll be dealing with the next episode is Harvey and Theo are home invaders. I mean, that's what happened. Exactly. That's Came definitely in, what happened. Attack that poor lady, that poor mosaic artist, and now she's dead. Exactly. Now that's a real Dorcas is the best character read on that situation. <laughs> real upside down church uh, flip, yep. flipped gravity, as we all agree. One hundred percent. Regardless of what, whether it makes sense for them to read into it, I think it is probably pretty accurate what they are reading into that mosaic, uh, and that's definitely going to be big things going forward. I mean, that's what we've been 
theorizing the show has been leading to the entire time. So now that we have two episodes left before the end, uh, I think it's pretty clearly established that that is what is actually happening. Yes. And that's exciting. Cool. Anything else we want to talk about from the episode? Let's see. I think we covered all of it. Um, Yeah. Uh, We just talked about... Oh, did we talk about the scene where Nick just quietly folded all of Sabrina's laundry for uh, several hours? That was very very, uh, rude and in your face, the way that he did that. The way that he made sure he took like... A sprig, uh, just a sprit of a spritz of lemon, and just sort of yeah. put it over, just like a mist, so they all smelled very nice and fresh. Uh, that that was like street stuff. Yeah, that's like really fucked up. Really, like have a heart, dude. You're yeah. you're monster. You lemon scented monster. And did we talk about the way Dorcas was there in the background most of the time <laughs> and didn't have any lines? Because that was pretty cool too. Yes. No. She's important. We've all agreed on that. The She's one of the two, and not a lot of people know which one, but she's one of them. <laughs> all right, before we go, which witch reigned supreme this episode, Justin? Which witch reigned supreme? I mean, I don't want to sound like our third host, whose name I've completely forgotten, but Hilda <laughs> definitely was right on top of her game here. She's the center of the show now, which is really cool. Um, since it's not called Hilda, the chilling adventures of Hilda. Um, but to see her sort of like running shit and being the only sensible voice in the room is great. Uh, I'm going to go with Zelda. I agree with you on Hilda, but just specifically Miranda Otto, this episode getting to play the Stepford housewife and also switch immediately back to Zelda. And even particularly towards the end, we didn't really actually touch on this, but once she goes back undercover that she's playing those scenes both ways at the same time. So great. So delightful. So much fun. I, I am scared for her going forward and exactly what's going to happen with Father Blackwood. Uh, But it's so much fun to see. I think it's really telling that Sabrina isn't, even though this is like her most powerful, uh, she's at her peak of power in this episode. I think this episode specifically has made her more of a force of nature. We're not Mm -hmm. in her head at all. We don't get to sort of think what she's thinking or anything like that. So it's interesting that at this point in the season, they've pushed her sort of outside of the realm of us understanding who who she is and what she's doing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they treat it going forward. And certainly uh, we'll find out more about that next episode. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Sabrina. What else do you want to plug? Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live and at Riverdale Dark. Uh, also, check out ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And hey, let us know again whether Doc has a PhD. We really want to know. Uh, also, if Snow White has a PhD, and we'll see you at Avengers Endgame. Beware my hovercraft. Oh, man. place where black is the main character where we dive into something new like the latest season of them the scare and the award-winning american fiction or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend bob marley one love and add on channels like paramount plus and stars to bask in nostalgia with beverly hills cop and bmf explore prime videos culture rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits restrictions apply see amazon.com amazon prime for details